Yeah, so I mean, I hope everyone is catching this attitude of gratitude, and attitude, I think, is such a game changer in life, right? There's so much you can do with somebody when they have the right attitude, and uh, there's so much that God can do with us whenever we have the right attitude in life. And so, um, man, First Thessalonians says this, it says, be joyful always. When? Always. Yeah. So pray continually. Give thanks in some of my circumstances. Give thanks in like... You know, the good things that happened to me, right? No, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Today's teaching, I really want to encourage um, those of us who find ourselves in life circumstances that make gratitude a hard attitude to maintain. If we're honest, you know, Pastor Mark's been doing a great job at teaching us about gratitude, but... There may be some of us in here the last couple of weeks who are just like, thankful. You want me to be thankful? How am I supposed to be, you know, how am I really supposed to be thankful? You know, how am I really supposed to find gratitude in the midst of all this pain? You know what I mean? Like, I appreciate all this nice, cozy gratitude stuff, but man, how am I really supposed to be grateful in the midst of my mess of a life, right? And so, you know, I mean, it, it's like this whole idea of like, hey, you know, hey God, it's it's me. Um, just want to thank you uh, for my hard-headed, wayward child. Uh, man, just appreciate that so, so much, you know. Flat tire on the way to work. Hey, God, what a blessing that was to me. I just feel so blessed by this inconvenience in my life, right? My whole family has strep throat, God. Just want to say thanks. Uh, we all got it. We all passed it around. Everyone, you made sure all of us had it. Just want to go ahead and just... Give you a shout out, God. Just, I'm feeling so thankful today. Just lost my job. You know, ah, man, just, I am on my knees in Thanksgiving right now. You know what I mean? Come on. Like, let's be real for a moment. There's just times where gratefulness is just like, I, I don't want to be, I, how am I supposed to be grateful for this? I mean, this is, this is difficult. This isn't hard. And seriously, it's not easy to cultivate gratitude when things in life go south, right? Um, or as young people say today, go left, okay? Don't understand it. It's fine. But things go left. When the bills aren't paid, right? Um, when you don't know how to pay them or how they're going to get paid. Um, when the loved one gets a diagnosis of sickness, cancer, disease. Uh, when you lose a job. When life drives you into the dirt. Right? Into the dark, lonely spaces of life. How do you even begin searching for gratitude? And see, here's the deal. See, I take, I, I take a little bit of issue with any sort of idea that God is absent in the midst of our struggle. That gratitude isn't an option when we're in the dark. And that God only exists on the sunshiny days. Because I just so believe that there's a fullness of God to be found in our dark moments. And I believe that there's such a beautiful expression of the Lord and Savior of Jesus Christ to be found in these weak, lonely moments when we're in the dirt and we're in the mud. But God is there and he's with us in the midst of it all. And so I just believe that there is a a, a fullness of the understanding of God that is, yes, when it's a sunshiny day, man, I can feel the sun on me and I can just feel his presence. But man, when the sun goes away, he's there in the moon and the stars as well. Amen. That my God is with me in the night seasons, right? In the lonely times, when I'm singing out into the night, when I'm praying out into the night, when my heart is in distress, There's a God there too. And we can lean, 
how, how do we lean into our pain, right? How do we step bravely out into the darkness that surrounds our lives? How do we live in the night seasons, the struggle seasons? How do we begin to approach God with gratitude when life is void of things to be grateful for? See, today, my, I, I really, I'm going to try my hardest not to try to dish out answers because honestly, I just don't have answers. Um, I don't have answers for, 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 uh, the many, the many problems that exist in this room today. Because if we, if we were all just to kind of go ahead and just pass the mic around, we could be here probably till Thanksgiving sharing our ongoing struggles and problems. And so, uh, unfortunately, I just don't have a lot of answers for you today, but what I hope to do is really lean less into answers and lead more into assurance. Amen? That we can leave here today with a bit of assurance that God is with us. And so, knowing that, man, maybe there there is a purpose and an end to my suffering. And we may not know the purpose or when the end will come, but man, there's some attributes about God that can give us some assurance. And so one of the best examples is found in the oldest book, one of the oldest books of the Bible, right? The book of Job, right? It's, it's, it's pretty much understood to be the oldest book, um, in our Bible. Um, granted, Genesis comes, comes first. And then, you know, uh, you kind of have, you get into this poetic section. Um, these five poetic books, and Job is one of those poetic books, right, in the Bible, and it follows the story of this man named Job. Now, the first couple chapters are kind of this history, and then it goes into about 36 or so chapters of sort of this, um, it, that this is where the poetry comes in, and, and scholars just so renowned the book of Job, um, in its original language, just for, for how, um, how the, the poetry of it all. And then the last two chapters, you kind of get back into some history. And so, Job, if you know the story of Job, you know Job, Man, he was this devout man, right? Uh, the Bible says he feared God and he hated evil and he was known and respected across tribes in his area, right? And uh, he had a large family. Um, you know, he had something like seven sons, three daughters. And then at that time, I mean, th- that was the ultimate expression of God's blessing. He had lots of livestock. He was wealthy. He had high social standing. Uh, but if you know the story, you know, Job lost everything, right? He lost his wealth, he lost his livestock, his kids, he lost his health. He lost everything except one person. He, lost, he didn't lose his wife. And, and some people uh, joke about that, you know, because, man, maybe she was left for a certain reason, you know what I mean? Like maybe, you know, that was kind of to add to his suffering or his trial because we have this one we, and this is, yeah, we just have this one statement about his wife, you know, Job, he's sitting on, on this ash, this pile of ash, this heap, burning heap of, of dung, and he's sitting there and he's got boils all over his skin, and he picks up a clay pot and he just, he's scraping this boil off his skin, and his wife just looks over and she's like, how are you being so integritous in this moment of suffering? And she just basically says, why don't you just curse God and die? You know, and so when you read that, just like, okay, I can see why the enemy left her around for Job in that moment. You know what I mean? Like he's scraping a boil off and his wife's like, hey, why don't you curse God die? But, but here's the deal. I kind of also wanted to to be fair to her. I also kind of want to lean into this. You know, she too had lost all of her children. Right. And so, I mean, these children that she birthed, that she raised, she had lost her social standing. It had all been diminished. She, I mean, they had 
She too had nothing. And so she's sitting there as well. And so, man, she could not hide her bitterness in this moment. And I just wonder if anybody has ever been brought down low in that place before. If you could almost relate with this feeling of just like, oh my gosh, like I just, man, this is too much for me to bear. And so there's just so much to be learned in this story of suffering. And so, like I said, the first two chapters are historical accounts. We kind of get into the poetic portion. And, um, man, in this poetic portion of the book, it's mostly filled with, with, with some complaining, some questioning, right? And so, Job, they're kind of doing some philosophizing, if you will. Like, Job is kind of, he has these couple, he has these few friends with him, and, um, so-called friends, right? And they're kind of just bantering about God. And, and so, to kind of summarize, we can kind of dive into Job 30, verse 20. And here's one of the highlights of all this bantering that's taking place. And Job calls out to God in the midst of his suffering, and he says this. He says, I call to you, O God, but you never answer. Never. You never answer. Anybody just hate absolute statements? You know what I mean? Like whenever your spouse says, you never do this. Like you never, you know what I mean? That just like crawls right underneath like my skin when somebody says like, oh, you never do this. So Job's like, you never answer me. Just so dramatic. Um, and when I pray, you pay no attention, right? You pay no attention. Man, anybody ever been there before? Or it's like, man, God, you, you, you never show up for me. You know, like you're, you're never there when I need you, you know, and, uh, we're in this, in this midst of frustration. So Job, he, man, it's, it's, it's finally kind of like got him where he's just like, man, I'm, I'm trying to maintain like, you know, this righteousness, but man, God, you just, you, you never answer me. And so God responds, we get into chapter 38 and this is where, um, the whole story kind of flips a little bit. God actually shows up in a windstorm. It's pretty crazy. Um, and he, man, God responds and he says, who is this? That obscures my plans without, with words, without knowledge. Words without knowledge. See, we don't know how this ends. God does. And here's what God says. He says this, brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Right? Like God's like, like, yeah, like if I'm Job, I'm just like, okay. It, like, it's that, it's that moment, it's that moment whenever like mama comes in. You know what I mean? Who did it? Who did it? And sit down. Oh my gosh, mom's here. You know what I mean? Everybody be quiet. Sit down. Like if I'm Job in this moment, I'm just like, there's a storm that just popped up. And then God's just like, hey, brace yourself. I'm about to go in for a second. You know what I mean? Get, get ready. I'm coming in hot. About to drop some knowledge bombs on you, Job. We got to set some things straight. And so, man, he says, brace yourself like a man. I will question you. You shall answer me. And so here's what God says. He says, man, where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Tell me if you understand who marked off its dimensions. Surely, you know, Job, right? Like do you, do you like sense maybe a little bit of like sarcasm from God? Um, have you comprehended the vast expanses of the earth? Tell me if you know all this, what is the way to the abode of light and where does darkness reside? Uh, can you take them to their places? Do you know the paths to their dwellings? Surely, you know, for you were already born and you know, you've lived just such a long life, you know, like you, you've spent so many years on this earth. Um, and so surely, you know, all of these things. And so, man, what's kind of this is confronting. And I think if we'll sort of pause for a moment and allow this to confront us, I think whether you're a Christian or not in this life, we all reach a place where we realize we don't know as much as we thought. 
that in our coming or going in our circumstances, we all sort of reach a place where it's like, man, I really don't know as much as I thought I did. Like, I kind of thought I had some things figured out, but now I'm, I'm almost more sure of, of what I don't know than what I do know. And I'm almost more like unsure of what I don't know about God than what I do really know because God is just so big. We reach, man, this place where, man, God is just so big, so mysterious that it's just beyond what we can comprehend. And so Job answers the Lord. He says this in chapter 40. He says, I am unworthy. How can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth. Job's like, hey, I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to be quiet. You know, like I'm, I'm just going to be quiet. And then it goes on to verse, into chapter 42. And Job makes three statements. And then these statements, they really help us form. Um, th- these are like theological statements that, that we, that we ascribe to God. And so, um, Job chapter 42, one through five, it says, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me to know. And then in verse 4 it says, you said, listen now and I will speak. I will question you and you shall answer me. My ears had heard of you. Get this, get this. My ears have heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. My ears have heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. God knows things that we don't know. So as we're kind of laying this foundation with which maybe we could begin to build a little bit of gratitude off of in the midst of our sufferings, I think there's three things about God that we need to know. And the first one is this, is that God is all-powerful. And if you're looking for the fancy word for that, it, it's just that, and you can write this down, it's omnipotent, right? So he 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 is all Powerful, omni being all, potent being powerful, strong. He is all powerful, right? Colossians chapter 1. For everything, absolutely everything, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence. And he holds it all together right up to this very moment. Right up to this very moment. So man, when we think about a God who's all powerful, maybe a question comes into your mind is, man, why doesn't he do anything with all that power? Like, why doesn't he show up? And again, that's where I can't lean into any answers for you. I don't know why God, I I, I can't answer the, the, the why behind God's use of his all powerfulness. All I know is that man, he was there before anything came into existence and he holds everything together right up to this moment. And so I'd rather have hope in an all-powerful God than certainty in a very limited me. Right? Like, so if, if God can, can fit in the finiteness of me, then man, it, is that really a God that, that I want to worship? Right? So I'd rather have hope in an all-powerful God than certainty in a very limited me. So the first thing is that God is all-powerful. The second is this, is that God is all-knowing. Right? So God is all-knowing. And then our word there is omniscient, right? Omni-science. He's all-knowing. He knows beginning from the end, right? God knows beginning from the end. The problem is we're here. We're stuck in the middle. And we wonder why we can't figure everything out. Well, we don't know why these things are happening to us. It's because we're in the middle of the story. We're in the middle of the process. So God knows things we couldn't possibly know. 
which is where trust comes in, right? So we begin to build this trust. Hebrews says, he knows about everyone everywhere. Everything about us is bare and it's wide open to the all-seeing eyes of our living God. And here's the deal. Nothing can be hidden from him. Nothing can be hidden from our God. He knows it all. He sees it all. And so, man, let's never be afraid to trust an unknown future to an all-knowing God. Anybody with me this morning? Let's never be afraid to trust an unknown future. Man, I don't know what tomorrow holds. Right? Something I've grown up with my dad saying over and over and over and over and over again to young people, to me, to tons of different people is, man, I'm never going to be afraid to, to trust God. Man, I may not know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. Amen? And so he, he, he's got the whole world in his hands and he's got you in his hands and his thoughts are for you and on you. And he knows and he sees the struggle. He sees the pain. He holds your tears, right? That God is with you in the midst of your pain and he knows and he sees. So man, I, man, I'm not going to be afraid to trust my unknown future. My unknown circumstance, my unknown ending, this story that's still in the middle of being written. I'm not going to be afraid to trust it to a God who is all knowing. And so we've got God is, is he's all powerful. He's all knowing. And then lastly, man, he's ever present, right? He's omnipresent, man, no matter, no matter where you go, he's there. He's with you. What assurance is that? Man, Hebrews, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Man, what can mere mortals do to me? What can a person do to me? My God is with me. He goes with me. And his church is all throughout scripture. This is something that, man, we, we find taking place all throughout. It's, it's one of the themes that's woven throughout the Bible. We, we see, you know, in Psalm, God is our refuge and strength. He's a what? He's an ever present help in time of trouble, right? Man, and then in Psalms, man, so, so, so here's the deal. If I, if I go up to the heavens, he, he's there, right? If, if I make my bed in the depths, guess what? He's there. So, man, mountain high, I'm on the mountaintop, he's there. Wow, I'm in the valley, he's there. Oh, man, everything's going good in life. I'm walking, I'm on the straight and narrow, he's there. Man, I'm in the dirt, I'm in the mud, he's there. My God is with me in the midst of of, of wherever my location is, God is with me. It says this in Isaiah, when you pass through the waters, when you pass through the waters, because you will pass, you're still going to pass through some things, right? There's still some stuff you have to go through. But what does God say? He says, I will be with you, right? And then man goes on to say, do not be afraid of them. Do not be afraid of them. Man, there's going to be some things that come at you. There's going to be some things that come against you. Some enemies, some attacks. Do not be afraid of them for I am with you and I will what? I will rescue you. Do not be afraid for I am with you and will rescue you. And then Jesus goes on to say in Matthew, he says, man, I am with you when? Always. To the very end of the age. So here's the deal, man. When I know that God is with me, I can face what's against me. When I know that God is with me, I can face what is against me. And so, man, it, it, I love the song, you know, we sang a few weeks ago. It may look like I'm surrounded, 
right? It may look like the enemy has, 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 has got me right where the enemy wants me, but man, you know what? I, I'm, a, I'm actually surrounded by God. It's, it's God who, 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 who has surrounded himself around me and he's my ever present help in time of need. And he's with me in the midst of whatever it is I'm going through. And so, man, I just think Job gives us this incredible foundational theology in the midst of our suffering that God is all powerful and he's all knowing and he's ever, pre- he's ever present. And so, man, this sort of, I, I think what I hope this happens is this helps elevate our view of God that he is sovereign and he's supreme over everything so we can really look to him and we could trust him and put God in his proper place amen that this is where God is at in the in the midst of this whole uh, existence here on earth that, that that God is here and and he he knows it all he knows things that I don't know right and he's in places that I'm not and he has power that I don't have and so, man, there's, there's this, there's all of a sudden this dependence and this trust that needs to build inside of me. And, and I think we could take this a step further by looking at somebody who I believe had one of the most unbreakable attitudes in the Bible. There's many people in the Bible, but one of those people being, um, the apostle Paul, right? He just had this unbreakable attitude. And I just think Paul, you know, he was so extremely gifted. Amen. Like Paul was so extremely gifted. Um, he was given just such an incredible assignment from God. You know, his mission given by God was just so impactful. He had such a deep impact and influence on Christianity. And so, man, he, he could just, he was graced. He was graced to preach the word with such eloquence right and so in the midst of all of this you know paul like he's doing these incredible things for god and but there was something that paul could not understand paul had a dilemma he was unsure of something because there's something in his life that he expected god to take away from him right and god left it god left it there was something that paul Expected God to take away from him, but it remained. It remained. Anybody got anything like that? Anybody? You got something in your life that's like, man, God, I've expected you to take this thing away from me, but it's still here. It's, it's, it's still with me. And so, man, whatever is left in your life that you have been blaming on the devil, I just believe God can be used, God can use that thing to fulfill his purpose for your life. And so I think Paul, he really gets into this scripture in Second Thessalonians saying, man, I, I, I've ascended to the third heaven and, and I've done and seen incredible things and, but there had to be something in my life to keep me grounded to God's grace. And so he says, therefore, in Second Thessalonians chapter 12 verse 7, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a what? A thorn in my flesh. A thorn in my flesh. You see, Paul, he doesn't tell us what the thorn is, and I'm glad he doesn't, because maybe if he did, I wouldn't be able to relate to what this thorn in the flesh was. But man, he says, I had this thorn in my flesh, and I can relate in that because I know what it's like to have something that, that is just feels like it's stuck in me that I can't shake, that just goes with me. And so he says, man, I've got this thorn in my flesh, and, and it's there, and it's, it's, it seems like it's in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given this thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. To torment me. And man, I love how uh, the message translation breaks this down. Verses 7 through 10. It says, because of the extravagance of those revelations. And so I wouldn't get a big head. 
I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Paul saying like, man, I, I, I was given such a big assignment that man, now I have this thing, this, this handicap, this gift of a handicapped, right? Man, to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Satan's angel did his best to get me down. What he in fact did was push me to my knees. No danger then of walking around high and mighty. At first, I didn't think of it as a gift and begged God to remove it. Three times I did that. And then he told me, here's what God says, man. He says, my grace is enough. My grace is sufficient for thee. It's all that you need. And my strength comes into its own in your weakness. Paul says, man, once I heard that, once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on this thorn in my flesh and I began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations in stride and with good cheer. Here's that grateful attitude, right? That Paul's got. He says, man, I take these limitations in stride and with good cheer. These limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks. I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. Can we let that settle in for a moment? That the weaker I get, the stronger I become. Yes, yeah, so maybe there really is something to this whole idea that, man, when I'm in the dirt, when I'm in the dark places, when I'm feeling lonely, it's the night season, it's the moon and the stars, it's, man, it seems like everything is, 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 has left me in this time. Man, maybe there's something to be found there. Maybe there's a strength to be discovered, to be uncovered in the midst of this pain, in the midst of this brokenness, that God is there. And so, man... God took what the enemy intended for tor- for torment and he used it as an opportunity for transformation in Paul's life. And I just so happen to believe that he'll do the same for every single one of you. That what the enemy is trying to torment you with, God wants to say, hey, let me use that thing to transform you, right? Yeah, come on, praise God if you need to. So all of a sudden we just discover that, man, maybe it's not just the peaceful situations. Maybe it's not just the prosperity, the blessings that God uses. No, no, no. Man, I, 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 man, I won't take it away, but man, I will give you a gra- so much grace. God saying, man, I, I won't take those things right for you, but man, I won't take this thorn away from you, but I will give you so much grace that you will be so much stronger and discover a power you would have never known without it. That man, if you would have never had this thorn in your side, there's a power that you would have never discovered without it. That there's a, there's a high view of God that Job would have never arrived to had he not been through what he walked through, right? And so wow, so maybe <laughs> there's power in the valley. Come on, there's power in the valley, there's power in the low places, there's power in the dark places, in the scary moments. Come on somebody, there's supernatural strength given in and through my weakest places of life. And so now, I'm grateful that it happened. Just as Paul said, man, I, I'm, I'm glad it happened. I just, I, I, I rejoice and I be of good cheer in these moments. I take my limitations in stride. I'm grateful because, man, you know what? The weaker I get, the stronger I become. And my God loves to work in my dark moments. My God, my God doesn't clock out at nighttime. My God's not asleep in the nighttime. 
He doesn't turn his back when I'm in the fire. Come on. When I'm thrown in the fire, I'm looking around and there's another one standing in the fire with me. He doesn't leave me in the fire all on my own. He doesn't leave me alone in the lion's den. He's there with me too. I don't bear this cross by myself. I have a helper that goes with me. My wounds aren't unnoticed and my pain is not lost on God. That's something that we have to declare inside of ourselves today that, man, my pain does not go unnoticed. It's not lost on my God. Jesus wept with Mary and he'll weep with you today. I I rest assured. I love the fact that Jesus knew that he was going to not. He didn't need to heal. uh, He didn't heal Lazarus. He was going to resurrect Lazarus. And he's going to do that. But Mary comes out and she's distraught because Lazarus died. And Jesus weeps with her. And so that shows me that I have a God who is present with me in the midst of my pain and in my suffering. That he says, hey, Mary, don't cry. Don't cry. I'm about to go. I'm about to go resurrect Lazarus. It's okay. You don't know that, but I do. So just don't cry. Man, no, God is, is with us in the things that we don't know and the things that we don't understand. Even though he does know and he does understand, he's present with us in the struggles. So if he wept with Mary, he'll weep with me. And so maybe there's some people that just need to lean into some sadness and some tears and just let those tears be a, a doorway, a path way towards your healing and towards the liberation and the freedom taking place in your life and discovering a power that is unshakable that I can truly say as we sung today I will not be shaken and I trust in God alone he's a firm foundation for my life and so I thank God that I'm weak. I thank God that I don't know it all. I thank God that I'm still growing in faith and learning from these mistakes, trials and sufferings that God He's with me and God is working and he can be trusted. Come on, church. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. It's beautiful. I just think the gospel is beautiful. It's a gospel that's it's for the suffering. It's for the sick. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. What's the focus of the scripture? I don't think it's on the things and I don't think it's on good because, man, oftentimes it doesn't seem good to us. I think really the focus is on those who have been called according to his purpose, right? So come on, are you, are you called according to his purpose today? Are you in his family today? Just say, man, I love God. Second Timothy, I am suffering, yet I'm not ashamed because I know whom I have believed and am convinced. I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I've entrusted to him for that day. I'm suffering. I'm not ashamed. I know who I have believed. I'm convinced he's able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. Shannon, why don't you join me up here? Second Timothy 4.18 says this. Man, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack. And he'll bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever. And ever, amen. And so if I look at the scripture, it says, okay, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. Well, well, which one is it for me, right? Like in my pain, like, like, is it, is it, is it rescue or is it 
bring me to heaven? Which one? And the answer is yes. It's yes, right? When you know Jesus, when you know God, when God is your source, when God is your strength, when, when, when you're completely surrendered to the will of God in your life, man, it's, it's yes, Jesus, it, man, it's a win-win. So, so here's the deal. So, so I might find my rescue here on earth. But man, if, if I don't find my rescue, I know that God is going to bring me safely into the kingdom of heaven. So I win. We find this in Paul, man. Paul says to live is Christ, to die is gain. So whether I'm here in this earth, I'm, I'm living for Jesus. But if I die, then it's to my benefit. There were people chasing Paul all around the place. I mean, they wanted to cut his head off. And Paul's just like, he kind of lays his head down. Just go ahead. No, seriously, because like I, I, I kind of wanted I, I've been battling this whole this. I've been in this tension of like I kind of want to just go ahead and go because I'm just so excited to experience the riches and the hope of my glory in heaven and to be with my savior that man, you could make that decision a lot easier for me. You know what I mean, if you just go ahead and send me on into glory, because that's going to be to my gain. Live as Christ dies gain. So, man, what incredible insurance God will bring you through in this life or in the next. So we win. And in in all of that, don't you see where we have this opportunity for gratitude? Don't you see where we have this opportunity for thanksgiving and praise? Blessed be to the Lord, uh, uh, Lord God uh, of Jesus Christ, the Father of Jesus. Man, he's the God of all comfort and he comforts us. In, in, in all of our troubles, man, so that we can comfort others in the midst of our trouble. I just believe, I so believe that God is going to begin to set some people free of some things. So because there's a purpose in it, and that is to bring freedom to those in your life. I believe that God just wants to pull you up out of the miry clay. He wants to sit there with you. He wants to give you beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, a spirit of praise for heaviness. And I just believe that in the midst of it, God's saying, hey, this comfort that I've brought you, there's going to be an assurance that you experience where you're, where you almost feel a little bit weird about it. You almost feel a little bit like uneasy where you're just like, man, why am I so assured? Why am I so comforted in the midst of all of I have going on, right? And it's God. And it's God. And, and man, God's gonna use you to be able to bring that same comfort that you've experienced to other people. That He will lead you in His love to those around you. And so man, I just, I want us to be able to say this, that man, my struggles have a purpose. And you know what? My pain, there's an end. My struggles have a purpose. And my pain has an end. Whether God rescues me here or rescues me in heaven, man, all to God be the glory. Will you bow your heads with me? I just want everyone to bow our heads for a moment. We just want to take a time and just have a holy moment with the Lord. All right? Just lean in, press in. I believe some of you today, there's there's some, maybe some people in here that just need to respond to God. And so, man, I just want to give this opportunity that, gosh, I'm just asking to see if there's anyone here that would want to surrender their life to Jesus today. Did you hear you showed up and you don't know God? And maybe you realize there's some things that you don't know and there's some areas of help that you need to say, man, God, 
I, I, I need you. I need you in the midst. I want this blessed assurance that I can bring into the midst of my suffering, that I too can experience an attitude of gratitude in the midst of my pain. And God, I know that that first step is found in knowing you, Jesus. And so, man, if you're here today, you don't know God, you, you're, you're carrying your sin. You're bearing the weight of your guilt and shame on your shoulders. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible actually says this to us. It says, man, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, it says that he'll save you. And so all we want to do in this moment is, is, is not have you, you know, uh, do anything other than, man, just have a private moment with the Lord. And, and it begins with a simple prayer between you and God and, and just saying, man, I'm making this decision today. And if you want to include yourself in the prayer right where you are, all I want you to do is just, when I, is, is just go ahead and lift your hand. If you want to be included in this prayer, if you're saying, I don't know God, God, I, I, I need you, just lift your hand. Yeah, I see that hand. That's awesome. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Church family, will you, will you pray with me and pray with those who are praying this prayer for the first time? We just want to say this prayer. You can lower your hands. Man, Jesus, thank you for paying for my sins, for dying on the cross. God, I thank you for what you did. God, I surrender everything. I ask that you come and live in me. Come save me, God. I give you my life. I give you everything. In Jesus name. Amen. I want to speak a blessing. And for those of you here today, man, who you're experiencing a sadness, you're experiencing a frustration in your life, I just want to uh, encourage you to find an opportunity to prayer. If you would, man, after we dismiss the service, would you do me the huge honor of coming down and asking for prayer? And I think it's a bold step to come up to somebody and ask for prayer. I want to share just an awesome testimony. This past Wednesday at our youth service, man, we normally go into small groups after our message, and I just felt a little bit of a shift that we needed to have an, all, uh, an altar call type response. And we did, and man, young people stepped out, and it took a little while, you know, there's, there's this kind of that stand in there, like, who's going to go first, right? And, um, but then all of a sudden, one by one, and the tears started to come, and the sadness began to be experienced, and God began to move, and God began to set some things free. And so adults, I just want to say, don't be afraid to shed some tears. As adults, it can be easy just to be, try to hold everything together. And I know that there's some people in here, I know there's some mamas in here who you've been fighting for your family. And you've been trying to hold it together. And I know there's some men in this room who you've been trying to stand strong. And you've been trying to, you've been trying to weather some storms. But it's getting hard. It's getting real hard. And the best thing that we can do is to bring somebody into that journey with us. That we can surrender to God. Say, God, I need you. I believe what that skinny little preacher boy was saying. That you're ever present in my time of need. That God, I I, I just believe that your word is true. And now God, I I, I want to I bring somebody into this process with me. Because I can't do it by myself. Let me tell you this story. I wasn't going to tell this story. I, I, in ninth grade, I played basketball for Brunswick High. And man, it, I, I was, I was there by the grace of God, okay, on this, on this team, okay? I was, I was third string and we only had, probably had two strings, okay? And, 
and I was, I was happy to be there, happy to practice. And I remember that we were at practice one day and we had to do down and back, sideline to sideline 16 times. Okay. And we had to do it in like 60 seconds. All right. So we're going back and forth. It was a minute and a half. And so we're, we're going back and forth, back and forth. Now I, it, it, it is, it is the junior varsity and the varsity and we're all together, right? So junior varsity, varsity, we're all together. I'm in ninth grade. I got these seniors and they're, I mean, they're just ginormous. Okay. Um, compared to me, I was shorter back then and, uh, they're ginormous and I'm, I'm wanting to keep up with them. The coach says, if one person doesn't make it back, if one person doesn't make it back across the line, then we, we run again. We'll do it again. And this is at the end of practice. We've already been doing all of our conditioning. We've been running so much. If, if one person doesn't make it. And so, boom, we go. The whistle blows. We're running. I'm giving it everything I got. I'm going. I'm running. I'm running. I'm running. I'm running. And I see the clock. And I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, oh, Mark, you got to pick it up. You got to pick it up. I'm losing. I'm losing ground. And then all of a sudden, the buzzer rings. I didn't make it. I didn't make it. And I mean, y'all, they were mad. I mean, like mad, mad. Like the whole gym. You know, sucking their teeth. I mean, everybody was just like, it's like, oh. And so I, just, I, I wanted to leave. Like, I was like, all right, hey, guys, I'm out. I'm out. I don't need to be here. And now it, it's funny for me to think about, but let's be real. Who has been in a place of life where you've said, man, I, let me just go ahead and bow out now. It's too hard. Let me just go ahead and go home. This whole thing wasn't meant for me. And I don't have an, I don't have what it takes. I'm not enough. I'm too weak. I'm too broken. I'm not fast enough, right? Let me go ahead and, and just, it'll be easier on everybody else if I wasn't here. I'm too much of a burden. Anybody relate? So man, I'm in that place and I'm just like, what, what, what is my move here? Cause I didn't make it that time and now i'm i'm even more exhausted than when i was how am i how am i gonna like make it a second time all i can hope is that the coach just gives me a pass right well there's this senior who comes up to me big guy strong way stronger than me and uh he comes up to me and he just looks at me and he says you're running with me and i said okay all right i guess i'm not leaving i'll stay put we take off and I begin, I, I start out fast, but then I, I start shrieking back. And then all of a sudden, what I feel behind me is this arm. And he's literally picking me up. Like, he, he he's carrying me. And y'all, to this day, I have never run so fast in all my life. I mean, I, that will go, that is the day, like, I, when Oliver gets older, son, let me tell you about the day your dad ran faster than he ever ran in his entire life. I mean, like, I, I was like looking around. I'm like, I'm with everyone. Like, we're doing this, guys. You know what I mean? And like, and there's just this arm that's carrying me. And I, and I would get slower and then I would, I would keep going and I get slower and then I keep going and come on somebody. His name was Eugene. And I got to tell you something. You need a Eugene in your life because if not, you there's, there's a speed that God wants you to run at that you can't run at by yourself. There's a level that God wants to take you to that you cannot go to on your own. And so we got to, man, who's that? Eugene said, God, man, I'm surrendered to you. Surround me. I thank you, God, that the Holy Spirit, you're the wind at my back. You're the wind in my sails. You're pushing me through these moments. And I, when I feel like everything, I feel like giving up. I feel like quitting. It's just, it's all too much. God, help. And so we trust that God is with us and we trust and we just believe. And so, man, 
I just want to encourage you that you will seek somebody out, that you will, you will, you will look to, to, to God and look to this, this body of believers to, to, um, to bring healing, to bring restoration, to bring freedom into your life. And so as I say this blessing over you and we dismiss, we have growth track afterwards. Um, come stay for that. And uh, I'm going to say a blessing. But then, like I said, those of you who are here and you're heavy hearted, would you please come up front, find somebody to pray with up here. And uh, yeah, let's let's let me let me bless you. Blessed are you, O Lord, King of the universe. You've come in a blessing to be spoken over your people. And God, you 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 say that, man, that your your name would be would be placed on these people, Father God, and that you, sir, would do the blessing. So today I just say, man, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord causes face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance on you and give you peace in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you.